genre. Doctor's Companion presents Doctor Who the Long Way Around, the weekly podcast where we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick I'm Menes. Cassandra- I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. Yay, we're out of order. <laughs> <laughs> it's April uh, Fool's Day, Cass. There are no rules. I, I, we're all out of order. I need rules. I need structure. <laughs> what's that? Uh, what's, what's, what's that supervillain? The uh, Superman villain? With the with the weird Biz- name Bizarro, oh Mick Mixoplick, yeah, yeah, it's Mister Mixoplick day, yeah, Mister Mixoplick, yeah. Oh, I don't know anything about Superman. That's fine. It's one of the five villains that <laughs> haven't had any lasting social impact. Legit, it's true. Uh, does he have that many? I don't think Bizarro, he does. Lex Luthor, Brainiac, Mister Mixoplick, and Lobo. <laughs> I'm counting Lobo. Okay, you're gonna count Lobo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, today on the show, uh, we will be discussing Doctor Who and the Daleks, the 1.5 Doctor's first story. Good luck. Um, Peter Peter, Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. Playing a character called Doctor Who. Yep. Yep. His name was Doctor Who. So this uh, is like this weird... Uh, this weird thing. Um, yeah, I have this never. Existence. I have never. I was thinking about this last night. I have never been more excited to hear the history of how a Doctor Who thing happened than <laughs> right now. Well, it's what's interesting though is that like it's not, it's not really that interesting. It's more about. It's more just about like what entertainment law was like in the sixties. Sure. Because the reason that this happened was because the BBC, I guess, hadn't uh, – they hadn't secured, like, the rights to Doctor Who in a way that was uh, concrete, okay. I guess. Um, so so they they – like, there were, like, certain aspects of Doctor Who that they copywritten. It was, like it, – it's all, like, broken apart into pieces. Yeah. And – the Daleks were owned by its creator, the writer of that episode, Terry Nation. And so because he owned the rights to the to the Daleks, he was able to uh, uh, get the story of his episode optioned by this uh, production company called Amicus. Um, and they wanted to make an adaptation of his Doctor Who story, The Daleks, and also like two sequels. Uh, in theory, to to the movie, um, they ended up only making one sequel, uh, but uh, we're not talking about that one today. Um, but so I guess the idea was that like they can't say they can say Doctor Who, but they have to abbreviate Doctor. They can't call the doc the 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 character the Doctor. They yeah. can only 
call him Doctor Who. <laughs> they can't call it the TARDIS, but they can call it TARDIS. It can be a police box because you can't copyright a police box because those are a real thing in the 60s. Yeah. Um, it'd be like it'd be like trying to copyright a, a dresser um, or like a phone booth. Uh, so like it was just like a lot of weird stuff where they just found all of these loopholes to make this movie, including keeping the characters named Ian Chesterton, Barbara and Susan. Uh huh. <laughs> um, all of that was real, and then like all of the stuff that was in, uh, that first appeared in, uh, the episode written by Terry Nation was like good to go as far as what they could use in this because he owned his script like mm-hmm. outright. Um, very strange entertainment law stuff yeah. going on. Uh, but. Yeah, it was uh it was a thing where it was like the Daleks were really really popular and I think Terry Nation was less than thrilled with the amount of times the Daleks were being used. He wanted them to be like the threat of the whole show, like, like the Joker. Yeah, they he wanted the Daleks to be in like every single story. Um because one, my man wants to get paid and two, uh, he, uh, is insane. Uh, Terry nation is crazy. Um, <laughs> yes. so, so, uh, so he was like, he was, you know, not thrilled with how, uh, how little they were using the Daleks, how sparingly. So he, you know, sold the rights to make a Dalek movie Oops, to all Daleks. This, yeah. To this company. And, uh, and they were like, well, we don't want to do this without the doctor. So we're just going to make a new doctor who I do like in the context of the, of the, of the series doctor who these are movies based on the actual doctor um which i guess was discussed in day of the doctor there is uh, a uh there is a hilarious i'm uh, not to spoil it in case y'all end up reading it but there's a really funny way that stephen moffat incorporates the peter cushing movies into day of the doctor the novelization uh-huh yeah i mean it's in the movie or it's in the episode too yeah right yeah, for sure yeah 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 yeah, where yeah, he says that like Peter Cushing and the doctor were good friends and he loaned him his jacket that he wears in this. Mm-hmm. Um and he's basically he's playing the doctor. Um That's funny. As like a yeah, so these these movies exist in the Doctor Who universe. <laughs> which is honestly makes these make a lot more sense if that's what this is. Yeah. Uh, Cuz it's like it's like it's it, like I, I keep picturing that guy from Rose, um, the guy who was like, yeah, like obs- obsessed with the doctor and My was like Gareth. looking up stuff. Yeah. And we was like finding like all of this uh, like shady information about the doctor. Mm-hmm. And I just think about what he if somebody came to him and was like, hey, can you write a script about this guy? And like, this is what he came up with. Like, that's what it, <laughs> there's a. Uh... That's what it reminds me of. There's a part in the in the Rose novelization where Rose is going through that dude's garage and looking at all of the evidence, and he's she's mm-hmm. like, "Homie, these look super fake." Yeah how how do you expect me to believe that all of this look Look at that. That's literally a dude with like a suction cup over his face. <laughs> no, it's real. That's what they look like. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, so this movie was made on 180,000 pounds. Wow. Um, so, you know, 
uh, a bigger budget than the series, but still uh, nothing to write home about for sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, the the Daleks. So they replaced a lot of the plungers on the dogs with these little claw things. Yeah. More imposing. I love the little um, claw things. And and the uh they couldn't do the the laser ray <laughs> death ray effect yeah. um on film because it was using some like a like a technology that was only available to like what they shot TV on. Uh and so mm-hmm. uh they had to huh. figure out something else. And at first they wanted flamethrowers. Um, and that's what they were going to shoot out. We're just like oh, flamethrowers. Yes. Hell and, yes. And, <laughs> Everyone stand and, back. <laughs> and whatever the uh, whatever the MPAA equivalent in England uh, is said no, because it would be too scary for kids. Um, and so he was like, oh, OK, flamethrower is going to be too scary for kids. Well, why don't we just do the opposite Fire extinguishers. I <laughs> love the fire extinguishers so much. Yeah, so they have fire <laughs> extinguishers, and it's just because the director was being like kind of pithy. At the it's. I just MPA. love the idea that anytime someone would get too close to a Dalek, he'd be like, "No, nope. <laughs> yeah, back away." <laughs> uh, they shot this in six weeks in April of 1965. Uh, it was released in August of 1965. Wow. Yay. Yeah. Let me say that again in case anyone missed what I just said. Oh, this my was God. Filmed in a- over six weeks beginning in April of 1965, and it was released in theaters in August of 1965. I miss uh, the 60s. This <laughs> movie had a four month turnaround, That's three and a half crazy. month turnaround. Yeah, that's like um, uh, it's like when the Pink Panther came out and they were like, make another one right, literally right now. And then a shot in the dark came out like within the same year as the Pink Panther. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's insane. Um, so, yeah, uh, really fast turnaround on this. I the script was not written by Terry Nation. It was adapted by from Terry Nation's uh, TV script by Milton Sabotsky. Uh, who also produced the film, and it was directed by Gordon Fleming, uh, who would go on to direct the sequel as well. And uh, this was filmed in Technicolor. Yeah, it the was. First Doctor Who story to be made in color and in the widescreen format. Mm. Um, and the but what's funny is, so these Daleks that they built for this, which were built to be more imposing than the ones on TV, mm-hmm. uh, because everyone was a little bit taller, um, and, uh, so, you know, much like, uh, the, the Daleks in, uh, victory of the Daleks, they had to rebuild them because their people were taller. So they wanted them to be scarier. Um, <laughs> and, uh, they made them bigger. And, but what's funny is despite the only three month turnaround between making this movie and it coming out in theaters, these Daleks, their actual first appearance was in the Doctor Who story, The Chase, because they just like the BBC was like, oh, what are you doing over there? You're making a Dalek movie. Can we rent some of those Daleks? And they just <laughs> they Dal- just rented them Daleks. <laughs> Daleks got to eat. Yeah. So they rented them some Daleks and they used them in The Chase. And 
the filming and uh, 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 television premiere of The Chase happened in that three-month period between shooting this movie and it being released in theaters. That is so, ridiculous. That's it's, insane. It's like a, it's oh like a, God. it's like a turducken of Dalek. Um, yeah. <laughs> can you imagine driving on the freeway and you know, like those those metal cages where they keep like horses when they're transporting horses, just seeing like three Daleks in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Um. So yeah. Uh. That's all of the background that I can really find on this um apparently there's a documentary called dalek mania that's about these uh these films oh hell yeah but uh i couldn't i couldn't find it online it's like on the blu-ray release for these i Mm. guess um but uh yeah so i'm sure there's probably more information in that uh and if anyone has seen it and would like to share some fun information uh you can do that on our facebook group but we should talk about this thing um <laughs> this piece of so, pop art so first of all i have to i have to point out like and this was like freaking out both myself and bethany who watched it with me uh peter cushing is 10 no 11 or 12 years younger than he is in star wars yeah and yet he's he's in full like Goofy grandpa mode. Yeah, goofy grandpa yeah. mode for real. Uh, the, yeah. The Doctor was Doctor Who was probably the weirdest part of this movie for me. <laughs> I I would I would argue it was Ian Chesterton who is a bumbling buffoon in oh this. Oh my god! <laughs> in this version, Ian Chesterton, he's constantly falling down. My he's constantly number. leaning. He's constantly leaning on things he shouldn't be leaning on. Yeah. And then breaking those things and falling or sending them to another dimension. A minute, yeah. <laughs> a minute into his appearance, he like sits on his own box of chocolates that he's brought for Barbara. Yeah, that the doctor mistook for his for him. Yeah, Susan <laughs> is Susan is actually a child. Susan is yeah. like like mm-hmm. eight. Is actually she's like Lucy pensive instead of Susan yeah. pensive. <laughs> uh, when I saw when I realized that the little girl reading a book on the couch with Susan, I had a reaction kind of like when the 10th doctor learns that in, in the dimension they're in Rose is a dog. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah, no, that, that, that was, that was crazy. I don't, I want to know what was up with Barbara's hair. Cause like, I Barbara, guess it got this, so big. Yeah. That it, 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 for some reason um, in this version, Barbara is doctor who's, daughter no dude they're both granddaughters they're like susan and barbara are sisters and that was the weirdest thing for me (laughs) okay susan and barbara are sisters okay yeah but like so so barbara is like you know like 18 18 to 20 somewhere in that range something like that and and ian chesterton is like pushing 30 you know, you know, like, the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. The 60s. You oh, who, know? Are we, who are we kidding? That's absolutely yeah. still going on right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still happening. Although, although it's, it's, it's not, it's happening less if the person, if the people aren't rich. Um, <laughs> 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 but uh, uh, yeah. So he's like in his 30s dating a 20 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, she really likes this guy, despite the fact that he's like a, uh, 
he's he's a buffoon. He's a buffoon. He's like Ian Chesterton in this is like uh 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 what's his name? Um Goofy. I mean, yeah, he he is kind of like Goofy, but uh uh no, that movie that movie The Trip uh, uh, uh Rob Brydon. He reminds me oh, of yeah. like he reminds me of like Rob Brydon doing a like Costello impression. Wow, how has Rob Brydon not shown up yet in Doctor Who? Has he? I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I've never looked that up. Um, there's has a, Steve Coogan in the first trip. There's actually a reference where he's uh Steve Coogan is on the phone with his agent, and he the only offer that he has is to be the baddie in a Doctor Who episode. Oh right, <laughs> and he turns it down. Yeah, but I I don't think yeah. Coogan's actually been in it, which would be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. Um. Well, anyway. Uh. Yeah, he reminds me of like Rob Brydon doing a a like Costello impression, yeah. like Abbott and there? Costello. Yeah, like he's well, and then not like that last bit where like he opens the door and like the like the Roman it, it's like the scene from Back to the Future Three where yeah. like all of the. Not- Cowboys are running towards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he just like keeps like pushing the thing and like being like, oh, oh what are we going to do? Like, <laughs> so and ridiculous. Just, and, the, and the movie just fades out on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very slapsticky, this guy. Yeah. This Ian yeah. Chesterton. It's definitely like, you know, in the scene in Avatar The Last Airbender when they're watching the play. And oh my God. So- yeah. <laughs> I feel like Ian. I feel like real Ian would be. They they really did him dirty in this in this. Yeah, habitat. no, he would be so offended by this. <laughs> and I'm sure oh he was. <laughs> I'm sure he was. Yeah. <laughs> when he saw this in theaters, I had a weird uh. moment because I kind of ran the gamut with Peter Cushing, where I was like, "That's not even the Doctor," but no. he kind of. There was there was a moment where he was in TARDIS and his hands were behind his back and his knees were kind of doing a little wobbly thing. And I was like, whoa, that's 11. Mm, interesting. And I couldn't help but wonder if Matt Smith had seen this and let a little bit of 11 kind of a little bit of cushion come out. Maybe because of, of the, all of the doctors, the only person that kind of reminded me of him was 11. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I could see. I guess I could see that a little bit to a certain extent. Um, he's doing like a, I like I I can't really describe this performance, but it's like, it, it's like a uh like a, like a person who is too young to be playing a grandpa. In a local staging of some play, like the Nutcracker. <laughs> yeah, we're like a, we're like a forty year old is playing a grandpa. And he does it by like pitching his voice higher, and then but also like like stage whispering like I don't like he's oh hello like I'm Doctor Who I'm Doctor Who like it's it's ridiculous. (laughs) This is the TARDIS. I feel like Susan almost does. Susan, I, this is the he, this is the least I've ever seen Doctor Who do in a story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the most of an ensemble. He is right there with them for all mm-hmm. of it. When they're locked in the cage, when they're oh okay, what did we think of the moment when the Doctor the Doctor 
is trying to like will these pacifistic aliens into combat <laughs> and you have to you gotta fight you gotta you gotta kill him and then he does so by pretending to sell or barter one of the women of the society into like slavery and then he yeah. get, he finally gets one of them to break and he goes see you will fight for something right? the master master becomes the i just kept imagining like peter capaldi doing that or like david Tennant doing that and that was that was cold-blooded it was pretty cold-blooded yeah i i for so i guess one thing that okay so this starts off with them just like hanging out at home yeah yeah ian's coming to pick up barbara for a date and is very nervous about meeting her grandfather for the first time Susan's reading a textbook on advanced physics, just like she is in Unearthly Child, mm-hmm. right? Um, isn't that like one of the first things we see her doing is reading an advanced? Yeah, I'm, yeah, that sounds correct. Yeah, so so uh, uh, she's reading that. Barbara's reading a science book, and the doctor or Doctor Who is reading comics. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, and so so Ian comes over for the date. And Doctor Who is like showing him around their house and then takes him to the backyard and then they go inside TARDIS and he freaks out about it being bigger on the inside. And then but like then like just real chill about the whole situation. Everything else. Yeah. Everybody's pretty chill. What did we think Uh, of TARDIS? It's ugly. It looks like um. It looks like the inside of a like an electrical shed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I know it is bigger than the outside, but it doesn't look that much bigger. No. <laughs> it's, like, no. <laughs> it's still pretty cramped in there, I would say, um, for four people. But uh okay, so they so they go They go to Scar in there. Yeah, he accidentally Ian, Ian like accidentally leans on something he shouldn't and sends them to Scaro. Well he smelled a delicious pie on a windowsill. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And floated through the air. It accidentally hit the lever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's, he really is like a cartoon character. Uh, so so they go out. It's all radiation. And like from this point on, this movie is basically a beat for beat remake of the Daleks. Yeah. Six part story. That really um, threw me out. They're really, I wasn't expecting it to be as faithful as it was. It's so faithful that they spend once again, they spend 10 minutes on rope safety. Yes. Oh my God. That was nuts. The rope safety sequence is intact. Um, it's there's a part. Glorious technicolor. Yeah. There's a glorious technicolor. There's a part when they're done, they're done climbing the temple or whatever, the green uh-huh. temple, and it just zooms out as if the movie's like, look how far they climbed. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful, by the way. It was a really beautiful matte painting. I thought. Mm. Yeah, the matte painting was uh, the matte paintings in this are pretty nice, honestly. Um, all things considered, uh, it was a it was a, it was a pretty movie. It kind of reminded me of like a Robert Stevens movie, you know, like Mary Poppins, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Yeah, it mm. definitely had that vibe. It reminded me of Willy Wonka a lot too. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so they're like walking around the Dalek Temple. Um, which I don't know if you guys noticed, but um, there the Dalek Temple has stairs, <laughs> and I don't. I didn't know. I don't. That. I don't. 
I don't know how Daleks could use those, but they do it like they, they do. They I do guess like... in case they, I guess in case they have guests, stairs for the guests. Yeah, <laughs> they do it like BBA. They just go one step at uh, a time. Um, what what did you guys think about these Daleks? Because I found myself like gripping the couch every time that they spoke. Okay, because yeah, because they spoke for a long time. And they broke out every syllable. We need one of you to go outside into the like. There should be a rule. You're still doing it too fast. It was like, yeah, yeah, like Morse code. A Dalek should say no more than five words per line. Yes. (laughs) Um. Uh. Although, well, it's it's okay now because they don't break down the syllables like that, and they emote more. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, they do the up and down thing. Like there were a couple of really unbearable I am a scenes. Dalek. Yeah, like, they do fun stuff like that now. Whereas, like back then, it was just like I am a Dalek. Yeah, yeah. You are a human. <laughs> this drug will help them go outside <laughs> due to the rate. There were there was a couple of unbearable scenes where it'd be two Daleks talking to each other. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me of the the opening scene of. Uh, the Star Wars holiday special, yeah. which is like the first 20 minutes are just Wookiees roaring at each other. And there's no English spoken at all. There's no subtitles uh, or for yeah, no subtitles. It's just Wookiees like pantomiming and, and growling. And that's it for 20 what? minutes. Yeah. For real? I've never yes, seen for, this thing. For real. The first 20 minutes of <laughs> oh the Star Wars God. holiday special is just that. And that's what it reminded me of. Every time they did a scene, between two Daleks talking to each other or a Dalek uh, uh, performing a monologue. Um, it was just unbearable where you're just like, <laughs> what is happening? Why? And they, they gave the Daleks all of the exposition. So yes, every time the Daleks spoke, it was just boring exposition and it just was unbearable because they talk like this and i wanted to die it was like a google translate yeah it was nuts i that being said i i love the i love the dalek design i i loved when they would carry a little tray yeah yes it made me really want i I want there to be like a a cantina in doctor who where they just have like reformatted dalek husks that just serve drinks yeah um there was a. There I liked. Were, I I liked that they kept a lot of the cliffhangers from the original story intact, but they weren't cliffhangers anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was a part <laughs> where uh, the Dalek a Dalek rolls into the prison cell, and he's like, "What if you must go outside?" And then it kind of cuts to a close up of his face, and he's like, "Who will it be?" Like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. what? What, I love that. what are we doing? <laughs> so, Oh, that was that was that was so good. Oh man, another favorite part with the Daleks is when uh they are uh pretending that um Ian is a Dalek. So he's he's crawled into one of the Daleks and uh they're they're like pushing him along as if the Dalek is pushing them along because they don't want him to use any of the controls lest he become a Dalek. Um, and so, and so they're pushing him along and like acting like they're prisoners and they run into another Dalek. And then like, isn't it like the Thals like 
rodeo like oh my lasso. god the lasso yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they lasso the other dalek and and he's like no stop it stop it and then they push <laughs> him down an elevator shaft yeah and on the way down he hits the back of the shaft and just shatters into pieces <laughs> the the stock goes like clean off yeah it just completely they just break this dalek uh and it's the funniest thing i've ever seen in my life <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, nothing is more pathetic than a Dalek just begging for help. Right? Help me. Help, help me. me. <laughs> free. Help me. Oh man. Um. <laughs> that was great. I really, I really wanted like these. They had lava lamps. Did you guys see the lava lamps? Yes. Oh yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I wanted I wanted these Daleks to be like at one of Austin Powers's parties, like just like in the background. <laughs> oh man the the Thals are just the most Aryan dudes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah like that... even more so than the original story. <laughs> yeah, because they're in color, and so you you see just how Aryan they truly are. Uh huh. <laughs> we are. Peaceful. I did dig their makeup though. Yeah, yeah. I cool. one thing that I kind of dug. There were scenes where the thrall were just like when they were, when they were beginning their exodus into the Dalek city or whatever, and yeah. just like, wow, like I, I, you don't you don't see Doctor Who episodes with that many extras. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that too. Yeah, and it was pretty epic. Sure. I mean, yeah, by 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 old sure, school yeah. Doctor Who standards for Definitely. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was yeah. fun. If I was like eight. And into Doctor Who when I was eight, I think this would have been entertaining for me. Okay. I think I would have been bored out of my mind as an yeah. eight-year-old. But... <laughs> this was entertaining only because we've seen so much classic Who, and I was like, oh my god, what is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, but I, yeah. I, miss, I miss Carol Ann Ford. I miss, I miss the actual crew. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely miss the actual crew. Barbara, I mean, we we mentioned this before. Her hair was like, I I don't know what they were doing. Ridiculous. I yeah, it was like it was too short to be a beehive, but they wanted the character to have a beehive, and she mm-hmm. refused to wear a wig, so they just did the best they could. Yeah, <laughs> turning her like you know, kind of like it, it seemed like she had like a bob, like something slightly longer than a bob. And then they tried to turn that into a beehive with like hairspray and 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 prayers and prayers, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was like the worst hairstyle I've ever seen uh, on a in a in a in like an actual film that wasn't on purpose. Um, it was uh, yikes, big yikes. That hair with a big yikes. Oh man, I. So what's the sequel about? Uh, I don't want to spoil that for you because we have to cover the story that it's based on first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. Nice. Yeah. Um, I will say this though: none of the companions, companions. I use that term loosely. <laughs> uh, none of the companions in this story return for the next one. Like the characters. Yeah. Yeah, the adventure that Doctor Who goes on does not feature any of the any of the other characters in this. Ah, probably more. So, like, of a none hint. of them, none of them come back. It's the it's just Doctor Who and like new people, and one of those people is played by none other than Bernard Cribbins. 
shut up for real? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Oh my god. He plays I think he plays a police officer that like helps Doctor Who in their new adventure. Um, yes. Yeah, but uh yeah, it's like young Bernard Cribbins. Oh my god. Yeah. So It's like late 50s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, something to look forward to uh, when we get around to covering that one. Definitely. Um, but uh, this one is, uh, yeah, it's insane. And, yeah, it definitely has that, like you said, that bed knobs and broomsticks vibe. And that, mm-hmm. um, like, if this was on Disney+, Plus, I don't think anyone would bat an eye, really. Like, it feels like sure. like, like an old school Disney live action movie. Yeah. Like. Dr. Kazoo so. and the pink what's-its, whatever, yeah, the, right. whatever the hell they were doing in the 60s. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It kind of has um, like a Dr. Doolittle vibe, too. Yeah, yes. for sure. Yeah. I wish they would make another one of these. Just like an off-brand, <laughs> like straight-to-TV children's movie where he's, his name is Dr. Who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, the Daleks are pink. The Daleks are pink. Uh, this is uh, yeah. It was. It's it's a lot. I I there there's that bit where they all have radiation poisoning, which I on the you know watching this on the other side of having seen Chernobyl, I was oh, really Jesus. worried for them this yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> See, a Dalek I was a lot more worried. A Dalek rolls out with that chart. From, yeah. from, the, from the trial. This <laughs> is high, Judge Ed. In stage two, your skin <laughs> will fall off. Oh, no. For like five minutes. <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, yeah. but uh, What a gift. What a gift. Um, so happy April Fool's, everyone. I mm-hmm. uh, hope you enjoyed us talking about this. We'll probably not talk about the sequel until like this time next year. Um, yeah, because I do. That story like, is what, like the tenth one? I think so. Yeah. So yeah. we got we got a couple of seasons of uh, long way around to get through. Um, oh boy! But uh, we will <laughs> uh, we'll definitely be getting to that one probably for April Fools' next year, and then after that, I don't know what we're gonna do. We'll have to like cover that soap opera episode um remember that the soap opera crossover no what really from the 80s no like it was after doctor who was canceled and there was a soap opera let me see hold on doctor who soap opera didn't they make an inspector space time web series um yeah uh i think they did but it wasn't like made by anyone um let's see uh yeah i forget where i can't i can't find it because i don't remember what it was somebody will will comment because it's really famous for how bad it is um oh nice yeah yeah so uh anyway we could talk about um the that pilot the sarah jane k9 one from like the 80s Ooh, oh hell yeah! That too, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so we've got we've got plenty of fuel for the April Fool's fire in the future. Yeah. I mean, I um, still have that so... DVD of the complete series of the Adventures of K Nine. I haven't watched. Oh my god! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, all right, well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be back in you know a little a little while um, for, with uh, our new 
season of uh, the long way around, a proper season. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.